everyone, and welcome back to the Because We Went to Therapy podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Ashley. Um, and as some of you may have noticed, maybe not, we've been MIA for the last couple of weeks. Um, well, not the last couple of weeks. We released an episode two Fridays ago, but last Friday we didn't release an episode because, as I'm sure you've all noticed, the world or the country has been going through a lot. So Ashley and I just, in all honesty, couldn't find the um, energy to record. And I also had a root canal on Thursday. So that, <laughs> so I was, I've been dealing with tooth pain for the last three weeks. So we've just kind of been, as everyone else I'm sure has been, dealing with a lot these last couple of weeks. But we're glad to be back, even though today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what you're probably used to. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, you know, we do try really, really hard to come every single week and provide content for you guys. And I feel like what we provide is really valuable in terms of like mental health, education, and resources. But, you know, like my therapist says, you know, sometimes I got to go on vacation too. And sometimes I need to have those boundaries and take a break as well. So just with the state of how especially the United States has been going the last couple of weeks and just things going on in our own lives as well. It's just been hard to find the willpower to kind of want to do anything. Honestly, do you feel the same? It's like yeah. all the energy is drained out of me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the 21st, was it the 22nd when Roe v. Wade was overturned? Yesterday was the first day I haven't felt like so grief stricken, honestly. Um, and mostly I was telling Ashley, I got off social media because it was making things worse. So I've, I'm off two days of social media, which has been helpful. Um, I also just like dove into wedding stuff yesterday and today. So I feel like that's and work, of course, that's helped me. But yeah, the past two weeks, not only have I had nonstop tooth pain since it stopped last Thursday when I got my root canal, but then just trying to navigate and like, oh, it's been so hard. Yeah. And it's a very interesting, I guess you could say like climate right now. I don't know if personally I've ever been in this headspace where I just feel so hopeless because usually if I feel like a bad mood or a depressive state coming on, I can kind of at least know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, okay, I can talk about this in therapy or I can, you know, work on my SSRI with my doctor. Like something can be adjusted and like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But with this and with other things that are happening in the country, like mass shootings and racist events and police brutality, it's like, I just feel it's exhausting it's exhausting. It's tiresome. It, you know, you don't want to do work. You don't want to, like, I don't even want to leave my house a lot of the time. Like I'm hesitant to even talk to people just because I have no energy for like, you know, big conversations or anything right now. And it's just, it's a lot to navigate. So, you know, we don't have all the answers. Uh, I was just gonna say, even as we're talking, like, you can tell that our energy is just so different, because usually, like, I'm so hyped to do the podcast, and, like, Mm -hmm. not that it wasn't, like, looking forward to discussing this, but it was definitely, like, one of those things where it's, like, you know, this is gonna be tough, and the energies that Ashley and I, and I'm sure a lot of you are experiencing, too, have just been so drained. Um, I didn't mean to cut you off, Ashley, I was just, like, thinking about that, how, like, even our energies feel a little bit different today. Mm -hmm, absolutely and I just feel like we both sound like we're tired and (laughs) low energy and I feel like this is just how you and I have been for the last couple weeks all the time (laughs) yeah which is really tough definitely definitely especially because both of our jobs I know you work a lot more hours than me but are like people facing and you have to give a certain amount of energy and especially like emotional energy for your profession specifically, like you have to be able to help people carry their emotional burdens and work through things. So then to have your own stuff going on as well, it's like a whole other sphere of difficulty. 
and then somebody wants to talk about it and I'm like therapy's not gonna fix this like there's there's actually nothing I can say to you to make this better and I think that's been something that's been really difficult for me as a mental health professional like there was an email chain today between my colleagues looking for resources around abortion around mass shootings around you know all the other things that are happening in the country right now. And it was just like great to see that the, the resources are providing, but that's just what they are, just resources. Nothing can fix this pain. And I'm not saying like, don't go to therapy because like definitely go to therapy to like have a space to talk about this and like have your emotions validated. But it's just been hard for me as a mental health professional to know that one, I'm feeling so grief stricken and two, there's nothing I can do. At least, you know, when I'm working with something else, like another, like a different type of trauma, I'm like, okay, let's do this and this and this will help, right? In terms mm-hmm. of um, helping them feel better. But this is just, I mean, how do you tell somebody after their rights were just taken away? Or how do you tell a mass shooting victim, like, I'm so sorry that, you know, you're, you're gunned down at a parade. You know what I mean? Like, there's just no words to take someone's pain away when it's something like this right exactly and there's only so many ways that you can physically emotionally and mentally cope with events like this especially when you know it's just going to keep happening and possibly keep getting worse like i feel like every week month year has just especially in the u.s has just been getting worse and worse and worse in terms of mass shootings and police brutality and then now Roe v. Wade being overturned and it's just especially like I feel like a lot of the men in my life don't fully understand like how upsetting it is to have some of your fundamental rights taken away and then have to worry about oh is my doctor going to be able to help me in case I have reproductive problems or like an ectopic ectopic pregnancy or something horrible happens whenever I do have kids and like am I going to be able to have the resources to like get the help that I need and that as a human I feel like I deserve and that everybody deserves and it's not based on somebody's personal opinion because it's okay to be to not like abortions like that's fine but we're not a theocracy you know we're not a country based on religion that's one of the founding principles of the united states is that it's a separation of church and state so i don't what i noticed when talking to a lot of peers and friends and family is that they don't necessarily realize how far like these restrictions go with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, especially depending on what state you're in. And it's so confusing because there's 50 different laws that got thrown back to the states. So there's all these different laws. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on. Things are changing by the day, depending on where you're at. And, you know, we're trying to keep up with it. And it's just scary not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, it's so scary. And you're right. Like, depending on where you live, you can be affected greatly. Or, you know, if you live in a blue state, well, there you go, right? Like you can still have your abortions if you need. Um, But like reading things online about how this woman had a abortion scheduled on Friday and they called her and said, sorry, we can't do it anymore. Like it's just, here's the thing about um, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, that taking away somebody's choice is trauma like that is trauma like to take away somebody's right to make a decision about their own body i mean how is that any different than physical sexual abuse like you took away somebody's choice to have safety for their own body right like obviously it's different but like just i don't think people understand that this is very traumatic in its sense and it's going to have so many repercussions for the next years right like years people are gonna who have a force to have babies or you know people are gonna have so many repercussions when it comes to you know having to f- carry a child to term that they don't want let alone that child a parent doesn't want you good luck growing up healthy right like that's mm-hmm. just i just it's so baffling to me that there's 
six people that decided this, you know, and then down to the governors of each state that decided that they know what's best for a woman's body. Like, it's just so baffling to me. Um, and it's traumatic, right? And so all these people are like wanting mental health professionals to not speak about politics, but it's like, do you not understand, and not you, Ashley, I know you do, but like, do people not understand that therapy is political because that's the way the system is designed? You're telling me that I'm not supposed to have opinions on this when half my, more than half my clients are women, half my clients are people of color, half my clients are in the LGBTQ plus community, and you're telling me that I'm supposed to not have opinions when oppression right? And the patriarchy are two of the biggest reasons that trauma exists. Like, it's just, it's mind blowing, right? When people are like, you're a therapist, stop talking about politics. It's like, no, because I would love to, Uh, I would literally love to separate the two, but you can't until we dismantle the systems that create trauma for half the, more than half the people that I see in my caseload. Like, does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Because I feel like so many people don't understand why therapy is inherently political. Mm -hmm. No, that makes very, very good sense. And that was very well said. And it's like, of course, you're going to have opinions on it because you see so much of what people have to go through and like what people have gone through in their personal lives that they don't talk about and the trauma that they've experienced. It's like, how could that not affect you and your political beliefs? Right, right. And like, we dismantled the idea that like, therapists are blank slates, right? Like this was like 1800s when they were like, you know, when Freud was around doing work, like, yeah, they were like, the therapist should be a blank slate and not have any, you know, opinions, thoughts, anything, right? It's just like, you, you know, if you think of the typical therapy, like laying on a couch, the therapist is not even like looking at the client, like, that's not how we do therapy anymore. We are not blank slates. So of course, we're going to be affected by this. And then we're going to, our clients are going to be affected, right? Like, it's just, it is political. And it's just, that's why I feel like one of the reasons this is hitting me so hard is because this affects my job, like day in and day out what I do. And it's going to keep people coming to my office time after time because of things that are directly related to the decisions that the Supreme Court made two weeks ago and that the decisions they're going to continue to make in the next couple of months as they've stated that they're coming for all these different other rights of people that I see on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Absolutely and that goes back to what you were saying about you know therapy can only help so much like there's only so many coping mechanisms that you can provide and allow somebody the space to be able to talk about these things and another thing that i saw is you know it is so traumatic for women to have to recount their experiences having abortions or being sexually assaulted or raped and then having to talk about that to be like yeah my experience is valid and now that choice is being taken away from me and if i wouldn't have had this operation then i might not be here today or my life would be completely different and that's traumatic Mm -hmm. for them to have to keep repeating their story over and over and over again or to publicize it in front of everybody like maybe not everybody wants to do that or is at the healing in the healing process like where they're okay kind of sharing that story but yeah it's been so important to so many people recently to get their stories out and talk about how abortion has affected their lives as well and about how a lot of times it happens because like unfortunately the baby isn't viable or the fetus isn't viable and then you know, it happens later. Like there's so many, that's what I was saying earlier is there's so many instances that I've realized that people don't understand that it affects like ectopic pregnancy. If you were to lose the baby, even like months and months into the pregnancy, Mm -hmm. and then it can affect operations like that and getting proper medical care. So it's not just abortion in like the typical sense of what, you know, people that don't know much about abortion think of when they think about getting an abortion. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. But do you think that the six members that made the decision care, right? If a woman has an (laughs) adoptive pregnancy and then dies, like they don't. Right. And like the bottom, one of my colleagues, and I'm so grateful to work with her because she's very outspoken. She's been very outspoken about this um, decision 
and you know, basically since it came out, she has some good articles on it that I can, we can link in the show notes, but she said it's so clearly that pro-choice is trauma informed, right? Like whether it's an epitoxic pregnancy or you just don't want a child, your reason is valid and your choice is valid because you do not understand the, I keep saying you, Ash, but you know, I'm not talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you the, as in the collective all, you. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like understand that like if, if a woman wants it in, or a person, you know, a person who can get pregnant wants um, to have an abortion but can't, whether no matter what the reason is, that's going to create trauma for somebody, right? So, like I said, it's simple phrase that being pro-choice is being trauma-informed, understanding the repercussions that this decision has and will have on millions of people is just... I don't, I don't even have the words, right? Like, I think I'm struggling to put into words because it's not something that we've ever dealt with, but like, we've been dealing with depression. We've been dealing with all these things for years, unfortunately, but we've never dealt with this. So it's just like, I'm still grasping the weight of it. Do you know what I mean? Even like you said earlier, yeah. like there's some men who are grasping the weight of it. I'm still trying to grasp the, grasp the weight of it. And like every day hearing just like terrible stories, like about that 10 year old in Ohio, like it just, Stuff just, like, uh, makes me sick to my stomach to think about things like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if anybody doesn't know the story that Emily's referencing, there was a 10-year-old girl in Ohio that was denied an abortion because she was raped and there was no exceptions given to her in her state. So she has to travel to Indiana to get the procedure done, which is what I was trying to say earlier is about they're taking away, you know, even abortion with exceptions in cases of rape and incest. And it's absolutely affecting like every part of our reproductive health. And Mm -hmm. now we have to worry about when we go see the OBGYN figuring out like, Hey, if I were to be pregnant and something were to happen, like, are you going to be able to help me? Or is this going to be based on like your personal beliefs or are you going to have to get a lawyer involved like all these different things and it's even trickling down to affecting if people like pharmacists and doctors are going to you know fill your birth control prescription at the pharmacy at like Walgreens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which why is that up to the pharmacist if somebody takes their birth control pill or not because of their right. personal beliefs that right it how does that make any fucking sense i saw this tiktok that was it was about a nurse it, i mean it was a nurse and she was talking about how in um in nursing school she took a class on um medical exceptions right like there are, are some religions that prevent blood infusions and just she, she mm-hmm. raised her hand to a professor and she was like no, like, that's not okay. Like, if someone's dying, like, we have to give them blood, right? And the professor was like, why do your values get to impact somebody else's choice? And I was like, huh, imagine that, right? And she was like, that was so wise because it changed the way that I view so many things. And she's like, I've held people's hands while they're dying because they cannot have a blood infusion because of their religion. And I didn't try to persuade them otherwise, right? And it's like, if everyone could just grasp that, like your values are your values and they're valid. I think that's what like, Mm -hmm. like people, like I'm not, you know, shaming people for having different beliefs than I am. I'm upset with people for inflicting their values onto other people like the governor of Arizona inflicting his pro um, life anti-choice values on an entire state like that's what I'm saying actually I I seriously cannot grasp my mind I can't even speak wrap my mind on the fact that one man right who's been in office for seven and a half years gets to make the decision for millions of women and people who can get pregnant like it's just mm-hmm. crazy a man me. keyword yeah. man yeah like yeah I, even you, I you want... see what's wrong there <laughs> i wouldn't want a woman doing that either right yeah. like it, it should be between you and the medical professional right if the medical mm-hmm. professional is on your side of course right but it's just like it, it, it's just crazy like that one person and or like one 
leader, quote unquote leader, because I don't think you're a leader if you think that you have a right to tell other people what to do. Like, I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, what are what is happening in America that we think that we can inflict our values onto other people? Like, even as a therapist, I disagree with half the shit that my clients do. But you know what? That's not my life. Do I encourage yeah. them to make choices that align with their values? Absolutely. But I'm not going to judge them and tell them that they should do X, Y, and Z because I would do X, Y, and Z. And I'm a trained professional with six years of school and three years in practice. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't even do that as a mental health professional. So why does this governor, like, what are your credentials to be able to make these choices for other people? Right, exactly. <laughs> and like the thing you were saying is, you know, as a therapist or as a professional, you can guide somebody to make the choice that you think might benefit them the most. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they still have bodily autonomy and they still have their freedom to do what they want. And that's okay. Like, you're not supposed to be right. able to make somebody do something. People always Isn't that the whole premise yes. of this country? It doesn't make Literally. any fucking sense. Literally. People come to therapy and they're like, tell me what the answer is. Tell me what to do. And I'm like, that's not my job, right? Like, my job is to guide you to make choices that – I do so much values work because I believe in it so wholeheartedly. And it's like, let's go through your values and figure out what you believe in and then make choices that based off those, but not off my values. Like, I right. my values are different than a lot of clients, but that's okay because that doesn't mean that I can't help them. It just means that I'm not going to tell them what to do, right? And But all of a sudden in this country, six people and then, you know, sprinkling governors here and there get to decide what other people do or force them to travel. Like, the trauma that 10-year-old is enduring already has endured and then has to continue to endure is just it breaks my heart mm -hmm. absolutely and then to your point about every state being different now depending on what state you live and why you live there just because you want to because you like the climate because you have family there because you grew up there because your job's there whatever every reason is totally fine but now you have to wonder if that state is going to have your best interest at heart in terms of your medical care and your mm -hmm. choices. And if it doesn't, then you have to consider, okay, like what's next? Do I need to move? Where mm -hmm. am I going to go? Do I have to change my entire life just because one person in charge or maybe, you know, a couple people in charge want to impose their values onto me? It's going to affect my life and my mental health, my physical health, my medical care. Like, that's insane. My life, like, I could die right. because of these right. decisions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, and, like, that's so messed up, Ashley. Like, and, and that's going to change it, every, what, four years or something? If the governor gets voted out every, or a different yeah. party gets voted in, are we supposed to just, you know, juggle back Whiplash and forth? Them. Right. What, like, no stability. There's no federal law anymore saying that this is okay. It's just... Mm-hmm it's so like, upsetting first of all we shouldn't need somebody's approval in the first place right like for the government federal government to say it's okay but yeah it did protect so many people to be able to live what they want no matter what if it was a quote-unquote blue or red state didn't really matter because that at least was protected right maybe it matters for mm -hmm. other things and that's okay but like that at least was protected and actually i was thinking about that like i feel like it's been and you know i don't want to make it seem you know, like Ashley and I have it the worst when it comes to Roe v. Wade. But again, we don't compare experiences because that's not helpful. But I feel like it's been hitting you and I really hard because we do live in I, Arizona already has an abortion ban, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's 15 at 15 weeks, you cannot get an abortion no matter what rape and says mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what it was that was enacted. Like, oh, I believe like I saw he our governor posted about it. So I'm sure, you know, it's taken into effect. But like and I think Wisconsin has democratic governor so you don't have that yet right yeah correct so as far as i know basically the state legislature which is very conservative is taking it back to a law from the 1800s that was like the last law in the books in wisconsin about like completely outlawing abortion and luckily our governor it is an election year so this could change and i pray it doesn't but um, he said that, and also our attorney general said that they will not enforce it and they will not 
you know, go after any doctor or patient that does have one. So that's another reason why elections and being informed are so important, not just presidential elections, state elections, local elections. You need to be informed on who you're voting for and make sure that you are, you know, registered to vote and kind of up to date on when all this stuff is. And I kind of feel almost silly saying that because it's like, how much longer is that even going to be able to do anything? Because I feel so hopeless. It's like, is that even going to make a difference? But that's one of the only things I know to do is to spread the information about how it's impacting people on a day-to-day basis. And then also encouraging people to vote. But also a thing I was getting frustrated with is when Roe v. Wade was overturned and it was announced, all I was getting was texts and emails about like donate to the Democratic Mm -hmm. Party and like to these different candidates. And I'm like, this isn't a fundraising tactic. (laughs) This is our lives. And you serious? Yeah. Right. And what did you do to help me in this situation? Like, I feel like I we could have done something more. I don't know. I'm not a politician, but. I saw this TikTok. This girl was like, I've been voting for Democrats since the day that I could legally vote. And what has that gotten me? Right. right. And so, yeah, I think definitely still do vote and make sure you're informed about who you're voting for. And again, we're not telling you to vote for just to be informed and vote on for politicians who align with your values but yeah you know what I was kind of getting at before Ashley is that I think it's hitting you know I'm glad to hear that for Wisconsin um for now right and luckily Arizona's in election year too and there are some really pro-choice Democrats that are running and have come out with and speak about how they have um, intentions to reverse Ducey's laws any laws that he puts in place and so if you're in Arizona and you're listening and that's something that you care about, I definitely encourage you to look into it. Um, but actually what I was saying is I feel like I've, and I've used this word a couple times now, like I'm grieving really hard. And I was trying to think about the last time I felt this, this level of grief. And I think it was when I was in treatment because mm-hmm. the first couple of months in treatment are incredibly difficult because you're being asked to look at all the like the things that you've been through and like well I was in eating disorder treatment right so they're asking you to stop using the coping mechanisms that have kept you alive right basically like you know stop restricting yourself because I know that was helping you forget about your trauma but like don't do that anymore right so it's really 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 difficult sometimes Mm -hmm. the healing is harder than the actual experiences because like you're aware right like you're like you know you're getting out of survival mode you're trying to work through these things so it can be really hard and I feel like that level of despair and grief that I felt in treatment is what I'm feeling now and I'm not saying that they're the same situations but that's like Mm -hmm. how I've been feeling and that's been so hard because I haven't felt this way in years Mm -hmm. right and then to have to think about the potential leaving my home leaving the place that I love that the life I've spent six years building like it's just it's devastating. It's, you know, and my fiance and I've had so many conversations around it because it's just, I, I can't live somewhere where I could potentially die. Right. If I need an abortion, um, nor can I want to raise children in a place where, what if that happened? That, what if that 10 year old was my daughter? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to do anything, but it just really has made me think in the last couple of weeks, like about my future. And like, that's pretty, that's another thing I don't think people comprehend is that like this this is our future. Like this mm-hmm. is women and everyone else who can get pregnant. This is our future is at stake. And that's just like you're taking that away. And it just that's what RPG was like she ran like the whole pro um choice campaign was about, right? Like and I know she's not a politician, but like that's what she was fighting for because it's essential to a woman's life and future to be able to make these decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And being able to plan a family it has been so revolutionary in just women's lives especially in the last 50 60 years and the emergence of birth control pills and things like that and allowing women to be able to actually plan when they want a family and when they want to have kids 
has been absolutely, like I was saying, revolutionary to just kind of, you know, women being able to do what they want with their lives and have their own bodily autonomy and live life however they want to. So to Mm -hmm. have that taken away and then also, like Emily was saying, having to worry about every four years, are we going to have to move again or are we going to have to, you know, have this conversation again? And it is really traumatic to think about, okay, like now because somebody made this decision, a couple people made this decision, like I'm going to have to uproot my entire life and leave all my friends and leave this place that I love living because I don't have access to the health care that I deserve. And I'm I'm literally seen as as less than a person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's insane. And it's just, I had, I'm such a planner, right? So like I have my future plan to like when I want to start trying for kids and like where I want to live and like when we want to buy a house and just like all these different things. And so it's just, it's been planning is like how I cope with a lot of like things in my life. And so not being able to do that, it's just, it's just crazy. Like not knowing what's going to happen. Like November is like obviously going to be huge because it's the election, but you're right. Like, okay, what happens in four more years? Right. Or eight, because that's all the governor can, um, I mean, I think it might be different in every state, but I think that's all the governor. Mm, the in Arizona can, yeah. Is eight years. And so it's just, it's wild. So unless like they codify, Roe v. Wade, like it, you know, you might have to consider that. And I just, that's not fair. You know, it's just, it's not fair. And I hate it when people come at you like the life isn't fair. And it's like, I'm a trauma therapist. I get life isn't fair. Right. But this is not. We never claimed it was. Right. This is not something that should go into that category. This is a human right problem. Like, this is human rights. And I don't know if you saw, but like, I can't remember. Maybe it was Mexico or there was another country that, like, they said that they made this a human rights issue and that really, like, that's what really helped them um, change the decision because it is a human rights issue, right? Like, it's not a woman's issue. It's a human rights issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't know how that we can claim to be, like, the land of the free when we're quite literally not. Like, we're missing basic human rights. Yes. And how can you be the land of the free when on the 4th of July, our quote unquote birthday, which, you know, I haven't celebrated the 4th of July in years because we all know what, or a lot of people should actually know that what actually the, the coming to be of our country, if that's how you say it, was like, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people do know, but they definitely don't teach you mm-hmm. in school what it, <laughs> how the founding fathers and all the other people and Christopher Columbus and all that stuff, how they actually created America. But anyways. Mm-hmm. In the massacre um, of tens of thousands of Native Americans. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's why I said, like, that's a whole other topic, right? Right. Um, <laughs> But it's just like on the 4th of July, you're at a parade on the day of freedom, right? And you're gunned down, right? Like, how how is that the land of the free when you can't even go to a movie theater, a grocery store, a nightclub, a school, right? Like, what are the other places that mass shootings have occurred? Like, you can't do anything without mm-hmm. the fear. And that's, you're not free. You're absolutely not free. Of course, like, there's going to be, you can't have a perfect world, right? And, like, I think um, people who identify as women have had that fear, right, because of the way that we have to be careful because of men. But this is unlike any anything else, right? You know right. what I mean? Like, going, not knowing what's going to happen if you're at a concert, like. <sighs> yeah, no, absolutely. And this is something that I relate to on a very very like cellular cellular level because I am a survivor of a mass shooting where multiple people were shot and killed and that happened when I was 14 years old so it's been something that I've been dealing with for a really long time now and even having to talk about it is triggering every time there's a mass shooting on the news which is pretty much every single day it's triggering. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. I don't like being in large crowds. I don't like going to concerts. I don't like going to the mall. Like there's already all these anxieties that I've had to work on in years of therapy that I feel like 
literally what the what's the point of me trying to have a coping mechanism around it when there is a good chance that this could happen to me again or happen to somebody that I know again because the thing that's unique about the U.S. is we have such a culture of individual freedom over the collective good which is interesting because that's the opposite of what's happening with our previous conversation with Roe v. Wade. It's very much putting our, you know... <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, it's a polar opposite. It makes no sense. But uh, we very much value our individual freedoms and our own rights and what we want as individual citizens over, like, the collective good, which is opposite to a lot of western european countries that don't experience this type of gun violence like the u.s is the only country that has this many mass shootings we already have like 300 and something this year and i mean some don't even get publicized that's how bad it's right. become that's how desensitized we have been become to it is that some don't even get publicized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely and so many of them are really hate driven and fueled on people that have terrible mental health crises and then in addition to having like hateful views and beliefs and like for example in my situation so mine happened in 2009 which it was really at that time like mass shootings were not common in the u.s yeah, when and did Columbine happen? That was in the 90s. I don't remember the exact year. So it was more like they happened here and there, but it certainly wasn't like an everyday occurrence <laughs> like it is now. And at the time, like I was only 14, so I didn't really know a lot about it myself. I was like, grew up in a really small town, pretty sheltered. And... <laughs> Um, it was at the, I was on a school trip and it was at the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. And it was literally a white supremacist, like 80 something year old guy that did not believe the Holocaust happened. He thought it was a hoax. And I remember saying, how can anybody believe that the Holocaust is a hoax? There's literally photo proof. There's videos, there's survivors. There's been so to many Austin. survivors still left. Yeah. There's you know, the camps are still standing. So I don't know how anybody in their right mind, it would be like denying that the sky is blue to me. That's how crazy I thought it was. And this guy yeah. decided to impose his beliefs on everybody else and walk into a museum and start shooting random people. So, and that is something similar to what happened in Highland Park on the 4th of July. And somebody having these hateful views and wanting to go out and kill people for it and it's is that, like did that come out that it was hate driven well it came out that he was very into like political conspiracy theories and um things like that and i can link something in the show notes to more like exact information because i don't want to misspeak but i don't think he's given like an exact motive yet but it's very much trending based on like, he had videos on a YouTube channel that was now taken down and things like that, that that's what it's looking like. And... Oh, gosh. So... Not I know that it's not horrific, no matter what, but... Right. Oh, absolutely. Whether it's hate-driven or just random or, you know, whatever the case is, but it's just... I feel so hopeless, and I... You know, it really has already stolen so much from me and given me so much anxiety that I really have a hard time enjoying myself around large crowds as it is. And then now I have this, <laughs> like, it's literally a concern for everybody. Like, it, no matter where you go, you could be shot or you could be hurt and it's just absolutely terrible and nothing is being done to change it. I don't think anything's mm -hmm. going to be done to change it. Like I just have no answers. I'm just completely hopeless about it. I don't think anything's ever going to be done. I think mm -hmm. we just have to fucking deal with it. 
<sighs> Thank you for sharing that story with us, Ashley. I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. Like that's that's horrific. And I want to read something I saw um, somebody post on LinkedIn today. She was um, at the Highland Park shooting. She posted, "We lack support. We have no universal health care, no parental leave." no universal child care, and our body systems were not meant to handle this level of constant trauma, all against the backdrop of a continued global pandemic, no less. Our nervous systems are stuck in survival mode. This can look like anxiety and hypervigilance, depression and shutdown, addiction, perfectionism, numbing, disassociating, emotional repression, and avoidance. Over time, these patterns affect our internal mechanisms to soothe in moments of stress. This can cause us to become stuck in a state of nervous system dysregulation indefinitely. Mm -hmm. We deserve better and we must demand it. And that really stuck out to me because she understands what I talk to people, psychoeducation around trauma is that when a traumatic experience happens to you, you do go into survival mode because your body and brain has no choice because otherwise you wouldn't be able to function when something horrible happens to you. Like I know after my sexual abuse, I was in survival mode until I went to treatment, literally. Like, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's what you do when you don't have the ability to heal from those experiences. And how the hell are we supposed to heal from one mass shooting or one, um, injustice you know when there's just injustice after injustice like how are we supposed to heal from one um especially for people of color how are they supposed to heal from one police brutality incident when a week later another man is shot 60 times right mm -hmm. like it's just your your our bodies were not meant to be in this level of drama constantly like that's not how the human body was designed and that's why we have addiction that's why we have um eating disorders that's why we have personality disorders because how else is a person supposed to function in a world where she's ab that's why i really like this because she's absolutely correct and that we have no support you know like when i absolutely despise when politicians say it's a mental health thing when people um shoot other people okay if it is, why don't you fund mental health? Why don't you make right. it easier for people to get access to mental health? Because I have so many clients that are like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't see you this week because I can't afford it. Or I can't, um, my insurance doesn't cover it. It's like, okay, then why don't you do something about that? If it is a mental health problem. I mean, and it is, right? Because these people are obviously struggling with something. Cause, you know, no but it's so layered. Person. It's never just mental yes. health. No. Of course not. Of course not. It's mental health and unlimited access to guns. Yeah. Yeah. And don't let people who um, have mental health concerns have guns, especially assault rifles. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's there's answers to these solutions, but there's nothing that we can do on an individual level. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, her post just really stuck out to me because, yeah, we do lack the support. We do deserve better. And we cannot continue to live as a society in this level of trauma like it's just that's why therapy cannot handle. do anything right yeah i mean right. not do nothing right like obviously I like how therapy, am i supposed but... to judge somebody for having a mental breakdown or for self-soothing self-soothing with you know maybe things that i don't agree with you know that's their personal choice like shit is crazy right now how am i supposed to judge somebody for you know dealing with that in their own way especially when we're forced to continue to live and work and do everything like it's nothing happened right you know like we found the roe v wade news out at like seven in the morning arizona time at least and i had an 8 a.m client and i was like i and i sobbed for 10 minutes into my fiance's arms just wailing and just crying and saying this is going to be horrible for women and children everywhere mm -hmm. and then 30 minutes later I literally had to put on a face and show up for my client and like yeah it was just it's crazy that we're expected to continue to work and live and do everything when all this stuff keeps happening to us which is only making our survival mode continue right because right. we don't have any time to come 
out of survival mode for continuously having to work and live in a world where, or live in a country, I should say, that doesn't support us. It doesn't want the best for us. It doesn't believe that we should have the right to choose anything unless it's buying a gun. If you want to buy a gun, you have the right. But if you yeah. want to have an abortion so that you're, you know, because that's your right to do so, no, you can't do that. Like, it's just, you're so right, Ashley, that it's like, it's all so convoluted in terms of what actual freedoms we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if I can, I do want to share another experience that I had last week. Um, that goes Mm -hmm. with this my boyfriend and I were walking in the morning it was probably about 8 a.m here it was pretty early and we were just finishing up our walk and you know we were turning literally two blocks from our house and we see this man harassing this woman that's in her car outside a bank trying Mm -hmm. to deposit a check like in the check deposit box and this is a woman of color and the man who was white was screaming at her, calling her the N word, telling her this is a white neighborhood, telling her she needs to get out of here, threatening to attack her, like all these horrible things. And Alex and I intervened and make sure that, you know, she had people around her to keep her safe. And we got the guy away. And then after um, they both had left the scene, we called the cops and let them know. But it was such an extremely jarring experience for myself. I can't imagine how traumatizing it was for that woman to have to deal with that. Like she was upset and crying and I was so, we were so, so upset for her. I'm like, I can't even imagine. I said, like, I literally told her, I'm so sorry. I can't imagine having to deal with this. Like, this is not something that you should ever have to deal with Mm -hmm. in your life. And I just, myself I felt hopeless and I wasn't the one being attacked Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so I never thought that this would happen in my neighborhood but let me tell you this shit does happen and it doesn't matter if you live in the most liberal state the most liberal town like I live in a pretty what I thought was like a liberal accepting part of Milwaukee but you know this shit is still gonna find you and it's still going to happen and I mean I don't even know like how to conclude this story because I'm not saying that like my response was perfect but I think it is important to intervene and just to be allies and just to know that like just because you think that it's not in your neighborhood or not going to happen to you like no this is everywhere and we have to do something to stop it Mm because it's a whole epidemic of all these things are related all these topics Mm -hmm. at the end of the day they're traumatic and they all come together Mm -hmm. yeah they absolutely do and you know Ashley there's that little thing that you're describing is called empathy Right. And I can only imagine if more people had more empathy, what, what a difference the world could make. Right. Like think about it. Those Supreme court justices had empathy for the millions of women and other people who can get pregnant are going to face because of this decision. Like, and I'm not, you know, saying that empathy is the answer to everything. I'm not going to, you know, all we need is love type of thing because we need actual change, right? Like, I don't want to thoughts and prayers this, but it's just like, (laughs) I'm just, I just, as I was talking, I was like, wait, am I sounding like I just, all we need is empathy because obviously, no, we need, we we need policy change. We need. We've been brainwashed, Emily. (laughs) I know this living in Arizona. No, I'm totally kidding. I'm not going to thoughts and prayers the situation. However, it just does me like, actually someone else might not be have been affected by that situation right but it's like it's because we have empathy for other people we will never understand their experiences right we'll never as two white women we're never going to understand the experience of person of color in america but we have empathy right and obviously that doesn't make us perfect in anything and i'm also not trying to say that but what i'm saying is that i just in addition to policy change and change you know breaking down systems of oppression that have existed for years, right? Empathy. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. I just wish there was more empathy in the world because I really do think that it would make a big difference in 
I mean, I see people that make a difference in people's lives when they start to have empathy for themselves, right? So I can only imagine if we had more empathy outwardly to everyone else, the difference it could make. We, I guarantee we wouldn't have these types of mass shootings, nor would we mm-hmm. have these types of laws being put into place about a person's right to choose what's best for their body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And that's really all we're about in this podcast is just, you know, obviously advocating, educating for mental health. And a huge part of that is empathy and Mm -hmm. taking care of your own mental health, I noticed, does allow you to have more space for other people, I think, and hold space for empathy. And I mean, like I said, go ahead. I was going to say that's a really good point and, you know, kind of a good way to wrap up this episode because I, like I was saying before, Ashley, like I was just struggling so much these past two weeks that I like, um, I struggle with like obsessive thoughts. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when um, I see something online, I just repeat it in my head over and over again. And then it just, it drives me insane and it only Mm -hmm. increases the depressed depression and grief that I'm feeling. So I was like, I need to get off social media. So I literally deleted Instagram um, and TikTok from my phone. And I haven't gone on it since Monday. And obviously, it's only two days. But it's like, it's really made a difference because I'm Mm -hmm. not, it's not like it takes the pain away from all these things that are happening. I don't have to constantly be exposed to it. So like, if you're feeling that, please give yourself a break and like get off social media for a few days or stop watching the news. Because kind of like we were saying before, your body and mind is not meant to continuously process this type of information or to be exposed to this type of information. So if that's one thing you can do for your mental health, please do it. And like, there's obviously other things like, I know I keep saying therapy's not going to fix it, but please, please go to therapy or reach out to people to process this because you don't have to process this alone. Like somebody will be there for you. Um, But yeah, those are two things that I definitely recommend. And I've noticed a difference in how I've been feeling since getting off social media. So you're right, like taking care of yourself, it does matter. It absolutely does matter. Somebody asked me like, what's the point of taking care of myself when this is happening? And it's like, well, how are you supposed to fight back if you don't have the energy? You're not well in yourself if um, you need energy to fight back, okay? Like Mm -hmm. we need energy to advocate. We need energy to fight. We need energy to support each other. And that all stems by taking care of ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think it's important to remember that you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And we shouldn't be expected to. And don't feel bad or let anybody make you feel bad for going dark for a couple days or doing the self-care that you need to do, whether it's getting off social media or, you know, just doing that self-care that you need, whatever that is, whatever that is for Mm -hmm. you, that's okay. And don't let anybody make you feel bad because you're not doing enough in the moment, because just like Emily said, like you have to hold that space for yourself in order to give to other people and make sure that you have that energy because you can't come from a space of feeling totally empty. So please, you know, take whatever steps you need to, you know, hopefully healthy steps. Like we always advocate for, you know, healthy coping mechanisms. Um, but make sure that you're taking time for yourself and talking to friends and family if you need to, getting off social media. Uh, scheduling an appointment with your therapist, journaling, uh, taking unplugged walks where maybe you put your phone on, do not disturb, something like that, where you can just really take time to decompress and, you know, have time with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very well said. And, you know, we, this, we're not going to solve everything that's happening overnight, right? And so, why not continue to take care of yourself on a day-to-day basis because we can't solve it overnight, but we should still take care of ourselves. And I, Ashley and I were saying in the beginning, like that's been difficult for, for us, right? It's been difficult for me as a mental health professional. <laughs> I was, I don't know if I was telling you, Ashley, or if I was telling Divya, I was like, yeah, like I decided I need to take some of the, uh, um, my own encouragement that I tell clients and like take care of myself because I was struggling these past two weeks. And so yeah, it's not easy and none of us are perfect at, you know, taking care of ourselves, but 
that's one thing we can do to make a difference, right? Like it starts, that's why like they always talk about like a healthy parent is the best thing you can do for your kids because it really does matter if you're taking care of yourself. Right, absolutely. And this all goes back to boundaries and being able to put, you know, those boundaries up and doing whatever you need to do. And I think this is our way of self-care and processing is just being able to like, talk to each other about it so maybe that'll be helpful if you talk to one of your friends about it and just talk it out and just like vent and get everything out that you need to right just feeling seen and having that empathy for each other and knowing that like okay this is horrible but like we are feeling the same emotions it's just validating it is. It is. And that's one of the, like, my fiance was like, why are you on social media so much? And it's like, well, I like to go on social media and, like, see that other people are feeling just as angry and, gr- you know, struck with grief as I am. But then mm-hmm. it's, like, all the other things on social media that I can't, <laughs> I needed yeah. a break from. But definitely, yeah. like, the solidarity of knowing that you're not alone in what mm-hmm. you're feeling and that other people are just as angry and upset and grieving as you are it it is validating right and that's why mm-hmm. therapy can be helpful because your therapist will hopefully validate your experiences and you know Ashley and I kind of chatted before this episode and she was asking me like is there anything as a therapist like you should or shouldn't say right and it's like I'm I'm not a blank slate I know I have biases but I also have education around what all of this means for people, right? And so I tried to come from that space. But we also, if you disagree with some of the things we said, that's okay, right? Like we're not, we don't have a perfect response to this. I don't think anyone has because this is not something that we should have to respond to, but we are. Um, but we, you know, mostly hope that this was helpful and that it resonated with you. And um, I know it was kind of unlike any of our other episodes, but Ash- like Ashley said, like this is kind of like our self-care to be able to chat with each other and to provide a space, hopefully for everyone listening to that you're not alone and um, we're just as angry and the fight is just beginning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very well said. And, you know, our intention is never to alienate anybody based on their beliefs. Like Emily was saying, we're all shaped by our own experiences and our environments and it's okay to believe whatever you want to and we respect it. We're just talking about what has been resonating with us and what has seemed to be like the collective response from people in our lives and that we've been seeing and I think to wrap it up is we just want better for human beings in the U.S. like we all deserve better men women everyone yeah everyone no matter what gender race sexual orientation religious beliefs right Mm -hmm. don't care if you're christian right like whatever your religious beliefs are like we all just deserve better and we all deserve equality and now i feel like i'm sounding a little bit preachy like going back to the empathy thing but it's true like again that's why that post um i'll post a screenshot of it and give credit to um the person who posted it but yeah it's just we do deserve better and um you know i feel grateful that the people in my lives are feeling the same way I am not that they're I'm grateful that they're upset but grateful that I don't feel alone like you know I have parents who are very very angry I have a sister siblings friends everyone in my life seems to feel the same way I do which has been helpful so find your people right like if you know if no one else then definitely me and Ashley um in this podcast are here for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely and I would love to get some feedback and just kind of see how this might resonate with you as a listener and if there's any other resources that you think that we could provide to our listeners or if you would like to you know listen to an expert on topics related to what we've just been talking to we definitely want to be a resource for everybody and if there's anything that anybody's interested in or you know grieving and feeling I would definitely be interested to know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. actually what should we name this like ugh this title yeah, like no. <laughs> like FML just... like there's, yeah. just, there's, there's no words <laughs> 
constant drama, like constant yeah. collective trauma drama like this is unprecedented yeah. times as everyone calls it am i it. the drama like see we have to make jokes the, out of it because it's just like inex- inexplicable am i the drama at the united states supreme court right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be the winner that might be the winner um, but um i'm glad we did this ashley um and we love you all and we hope this was helpful and um we'll be back next week with you know more of our usual content um but we we couldn't ignore it you know we i couldn't just i couldn't just release an episode talking about like everything right i think our next episode is going to be on cohabitating i couldn't really stand just be like so what's it like to live with your boyfriend or your you know what i mean like i couldn't really stand knowing that the you know the united states is falling apart Mm -hmm. um and so that's why we are recording this and that we're gonna release this well if you're listening it's already released obviously but (laughs) we aren't even coherent because we're just we're holding so much exhausted that yeah Yeah. exactly emotionally physically mentally all the things (laughs) take care of yourselves and talk to you next week love you ash love you em bye Wow, look at us. <laughs>